1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Hello and welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. Of course, at the moment, you're still in our bonus and just like that episode's This week you are listening to Juna and Dylan and again revisiting some of our favourite guests from yesteryear, and we're allowed to say that now because we have been running for like two years, so yesteryear counts. Um, The wonderful Sean Faye is back with us. Hello, Sean. Hi, thank you for having me back. I did say this before but
3: i've had a little bit of cosmetic surgery the last time i was on and i was actually off my face so i'm glad to be hearing lucid
2: <laughs> thank you this, this week i'm off my face because i'm struggling with sleep so anything i say and
0: weirdly i'm sober this week <laughs> first at first and i'm just like that um we've got
2: sometimes in a morning dylan that's really worrying um <laughs> We are, this week, we have been enjoying, um, and just like that, episode seven, I want to say, seven, and it was called Sex and the Widder, not, as Dylan thought, Sex and the Winder. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's right. Um, Dylan, do you have a synopsis in a pot?
0: Yes. So, Carrie, um, is dating Mm -hmm. again, finally. Um, she goes on a Tinder, is it Tinder? Tinder date? I couldn't tell which interface it was. Yeah, Tinder. Thanks. Um, I knew it wasn't Grinder. That's, <laughs> that's as far as it went. Um, yeah, she goes on a Tinder date with Peter. Um, and meanwhile, Charlotte and LTW play some tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Naya and is it Andre her partner? Uh-huh. Naya and Andre are still struggling with their issues, fertility issues, mm-hmm. while both looking absolutely stunning. Um, and then Miranda and Trey, um, that crops up again, and we get a bit of an insight into Miranda and Steve's sex life, or lack lack of. Um, so much discuss.
2: Yeah. Che, che Diaz <laughs> is back as well. Hey, it's Che Diaz. <laughs> hey. Hey. It's Diaz. Hey, it's Che Diaz. <laughs> um the violence um since we last had Sean on before before we start looking at the the strange dates of Carrie Bradshaw um since Sean was last on our podcast Sean has become a Sunday Times best-selling author yeah thank you
0: um that but I mean
2: the the first the first book period is quite weird How, how are things on the other side now that the dust has settled a little bit
3: yeah, I'm glad that the dust has settled. You did actually, Juno predicted this, that we had a conversation not long before it came out, and um, you did say, like the, the month before <clears throat> and the month after. And I think like, yeah, with this book, it went on a little bit longer than a month after. Um, but I was just like braced the whole time, and I actually think it's like I had to have like a good month when things calmed down to decompress. And now I'm just having a lull before the paperback comes out, I'm not doing anything on it. I took a month off over Christmas and I'm sane again, ready to go all over again in May for the paperback.
0: <laughs>
3: wow.
2: I mean, it's it's done so well and it has done exactly what it was meant to do in that it has reached lots and lots of particularly cisgender readers because the trans, well, there isn't really a trans community, but there are very few trans people in the country you would think there are a lot more of us from the way we're spoken about but um it's done phenomenally well and i really think it has it's moved the conversation on you know it's all over social media i'm seeing lots of people talking about it you were on loose women our our sex in the city our answer to sex in the city how was loose women so
0: iconic
3: Loose Women was great. Yeah, and that was actually a dream. I think I used to tweet like years ago about how it was my life's ambition to be on Loose Women. And that was always like a joke, (laughs) rather than the fact that I didn't think that was ever going to be a reality. Um, And it was funny, you know, because Kay Adams was hosting and she called me before because she likes to call guests because they don't have a green room at the moment because of COVID. Sure. And she was like, I actually read the book cover to cover. (laughs)
2: And, um, doesn't know, it doesn't she's... always happen. I don't want to name names, <laughs> yeah. but BBC Breakfast I asked the... <laughs> me a lot of questions
0: about the cover of my book. <laughs> yeah, also, exactly. I love that she, I love that she said it as if it was like a, a notable thing. Like I've actually read it.
3: This time. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> was good. Yeah, well, I guess because they don't, like, they don't have a like, loads of books on. But yeah, she was like, oh, I actually read it. She did say it changed her perspective, not changed her views. She was <laughs> clever enough to say that changed her perspective on me <laughs> <laughs> in the issue. Um, and yeah, it was it was fun. Like yeah, it was it, it's, a, it's a fun one to go on. I actually did it from my <laughs> from my flat because they are not having guests in the studio. And then the neighbours started drilling that day, and I had to go and knock
0: and be
2: like, "I'm doing TV. I'm doing live TV. Can you stop?" For 10 I'm doing minutes? least women. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Do not disrespect <laughs> Kay Adams. Okay. Um, Jane McDonald is shook. Um, which which least women did <sighs> you get? You had Kay... I had K. Kay... Katie Piper. Katie Piper Judy, is it? Yeah,
3: Judy Love. <laughs> and, and who else? Penny Lancaster.
2: Um, Miss, Miss, Mrs. Rod Stewart. Amazing. Yes! And yeah, great It them just like that. It is a diverse group. Yes, it's, group it's my women's... XY
3: podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> XY and me.
0: Woke <laughs> alert. We were really... Do you know and I've been having an existential crisis that we are the X, Y and Me podcast? <laughs> um, so I mean, That's why I can't sleep at night. <laughs> that's not. why I
2: have insomnia. Because I lie in bed at night thinking, are we like that podcast? With like, And then you
0: suddenly hear woke alert and just wake up. Woke alert! And I like, am ah, woke, literally awoken. <laughs> just quickly for listeners who didn't know, Sean's book is called The Transgender Issue. And it's available now. In all <laughs> things.
3: I feel like the demographic of this podcast to probably have heard of it, but that, no, <laughs> maybe <no problem. laughs> that's just my sense of market forces, not conceit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I hope so. I mean, our, our listenership is, I, I do not know whether the women who listen to our podcast are cisgender or transgender, but we, we are 98% women on the podcast. The vast majority of them in, in the UK, the US and Australia. So um, hello to all our listeners. Um, we love you. Um, but if you've not, Read Sean's book yet? And actually, for our American listeners, it's coming to America later this year as well, isn't it? Yeah, in September,
3: mid-September I mean. this year, by Verso Books.
2: That Um, I want to talk to you slightly, Sean, about woke alert, <laughs> and before we go into the particulars of this episode, um, because it's funny this week I've been on Facebook a lot and seeing just people in general now discussing. Discussing and just like that in a slightly different way. Now, we've all got over the first two episodes, which were a little bit of a shock to the system, and people were like, didn't quite know what to make of it, and obviously big dying. Whereas the one thing that kept coming up in, like, who else is watching, like, feeds on Facebook was the word woke. And it wasn't in a good way. It wasn't people saying, I really respect how woke and just like that is. It was people criticising the show for... Banging on about the work agenda or shoving the woke agenda down our throat. And I hasten to add, this was not my mum's Facebook friends. This was my Facebook friends. (laughs) So clearly I need to clear out. But um, this is, I'm going to say, mediary types in their 30s, 40s and above. So this is kind of... Sex and the City's prime demographic. People who grew up on Sex and the City and were ready to rejoin Sex and the City in its new guise. What do we think is jarring people?
3: Good question. What is jarring people there? I mean, like, I mean, there's there's a couple of things going on because it's like whether or not they've got a problem with it being included at all or with how the show has done it. Because um, I think we can all agree the show hasn't done it, like, it's done it quite clumsily. Yeah. Um, like, like, in one sense, yeah, the, sh- the show has been a bit, like, it-, it feels like a huge overcompensation. And, like, even me, right, as, like, a trans person, I was like, less representation, please. I watched <laughs> Sex and the City for, like, a bunch of white upper-middle-class women, like, complaining about their really extravagant lives. I don't watch it to see myself reflected. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, so there is, like, there is, like, a kind of valid, um, yeah, a valid thing there about, like, how gauche and jarring it seemed. Especially as to, like, the whole thing is is that the show, in its previous form, like, <clears throat> some of, like, how we watch it back now is, like, cringing, and, like, mm-hmm. biphobia, transphobia, and the fact that, like, all the women were white in New York. Um... And I can see that they were probably trying to make up for that and they sort of did it a bit badly. Um, and, it, and it is jarring. It's a little bit like in your face and it isn't written in subtly. And I think what they're trying to do, but they just missed it, was to try and acknowledge how jarring it was. Like in the first episodes by like getting that Miranda was awkward around race and getting that these are like women from a certain generation. Who like the world's moved on. And like it isn't that unrealistic. When people say it's being put the woke. I mean, like, it isn't that unrealistic that like Carrie is like a like she's not a feminist writer, but she is like a a, like a a prominent female writer in New York, like a successful multi-book author. And like the way that like liberal East Coast, New York kind of media circles will have, have gone in the time since between the two shows. Like, yeah, the world will have moved on and, like, it is kind of believable that she'd have to be sat awkwardly on a podcast and, like, people would be telling her not to do Instagram, but, like, telling her to do more on Instagram mm. and that she would be coming up with, like, it's not that unrealistic that she would be doing a podcast with, like, a non-binary host and, like, maybe mm. feeling a little bit um out of her depth because the world's moved on. Like, I actually quite like mm. that. Um but like, <laughs> yeah. I so so I actually think like that's a reflective, and maybe Br- some British people don't like it because the woke anti woke thing is a really British thing.
2: I was just gonna, say, <laughs> yeah. Do they like, even use where this war on work thing is that something that has even translated to America or is it just our? I think gross it's so right wing there. I
3: think it's something Ben Shapiro says, isn't it? But it's like yeah, in the US, like I do know. I was talking to a friend, a non binary friend. Talking to actually it was yeah to Amru. Um I was talking to a friend um, the other day who's just been working in LA and they were saying, you know, like how pronouns and like talking about not like accepting that non-binary people might be in a certain, especially in the arts and stuff. Like it's just taken as it's so uncontroversial there in these mm-hmm. kind of quite like hip spaces. And um and like in a way that here it would be like a, a news story for five days. And I think there's a it's a bit jarring to British <laughs> people. That, like, they're presenting a world where, like, actually this sort of stuff isn't, you know, is a little bit more moved on. I
0: guess we have an issue as British people with earnestness as well. Yes, that's just Um, what I was going to say. It can be, it's very earnest, a lot of it. And I think that pisses people off. (laughs) Um, And we also don't like being told what to do or what to think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can, yeah, I think maybe it is the cultural thing now that you've said, or not all that, but a lot of that.
3: Yeah, I mean it's just like, also it is in your face and that like every person that's not them like the like if you're not in, if you're not from the original Sex and the City series you're either trans or black or like all yeah. like a person of color. Yeah. And 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 like like literally that is, that is kind of ludicrous and just feels like cuz it's so it's so sharp in contrast to like what Sex and the City was. Um and yeah the earnestness thing. I mean like let's talk about J.D. as as someone that has Been a trans stand-up comic. I am offended. (laughs) (laughs) That Netflix special was not the one. Yeah, I know. Hannah Gadsby is rolling in her grave. No, like, I think, like, it was, like, yeah, like, her stand-up, like, like, her stand-up was, like, powerfully earnest, and Americans complained about that, and Chase seems to be, like, a little bit based on that, maybe, like, Hannah Gadsby's. But Chase... Well, maybe,
0: like, I thought maybe, like, Mae Martin as well. Yeah. Um... But obviously, Mae Martin's much better Oh, and Mae Martin,
2: who I love. <laughs> Mae Martin is so self-depreciating. Like, their whole comedy is about making fun of themselves. That- that's very much yeah. Mae's thing. Whereas, yeah, I definitely got Shades of Hannah Gadsby in Che. Um, that's yeah. It's a trauma comedy.
3: Yeah, sort of. Although, like, not even that raw. Like, their comedy is literally just, like, I'm non-binary and I also have sex, <laughs> like without any kind of story or exposition. And then people oh, like, "What I love is that like it's written into the script that people are like side splitting with all that
0: stuff." <laughs> I was um I was watching um an episode of Thirty Rock the other day, and I thought that is the way that you do this that you address quote unquote woke stuff. It was an episode where like. Liz's neighbor is a Middle Eastern guy. Tina Fey's neighbor, and she gets really suspicious because she sees like maps on the walls, and he she sees him like training in the park around the corner, and so she reports him to the authorities. And then it turns out he's training for the Amazing Race, like on TV. And I was, and I just thought like, if only, and just like that could do it in a more cle- in a cleverer, more understated way, and then people would hate it less. I think. <laughs> Say um. what you really <laughs> feel,
2: but I think um, it's funny the the other. So I don't know. For, certainly I'm getting dozens and dozens of messages and actually had a really long chat the other night with with not the LTW, with DFW, our very own Deborah Francis-White, who was on earlier this year. Oh, yeah. And Deborah's been... She was listening to the episodes of the podcast and then watching the episodes along. And, and she was saying, oh, my God, have you listened to the Writers' Room podcast? You know, because when you listen to the Writers' Room podcast, it makes a lot more sense. And I'm like, mm. no, because you shouldn't need a guidebook... To tell us how to watch a sitcom I'm sure it does give an insight Into some of the decisions they've made And Deborah was saying there was a lot From the black writers In the writers room about That quite torturous Scene with Miranda And um, Nia's hair Um, So Um but I, I I don't I don't want that I want I want to be able to judge and just like that based just on and just like that because we've always had to judge Sex and the City just on Sex and the City we didn't we don't have the added insight of a podcast about Sex and the City you know all I've got is my trusty paperback version of Sex and the City Kiss and Tell um so I'm swerving thank you listeners for recommending it but I am swerving the podcast until possibly after the series has finished airing.
3: I think. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is actually, I just thought, it just came to me, really, that, um, that this is the thing, like, like Miranda and Nia's friendship, <clears throat> I think, like, it's just, you can see where it could have just been a bit subtler. Like, she could have started off with this kind of awkward post-2020 Black Lives Matter, slightly, like, post-Women's March Hillary stan, I've come to, like, do human rights law and be... You know, and be noble, and and kind of just like slightly embarrass herself in front of like the black professor, but like they they really went too much on that. I think in the first couple of episodes, but now I like think it's fine. Like it's yeah. just good that they like just have a normal friendship, and they've kind of dropped that, and they dropped it as soon as it cut. Like as soon as the first couple of episodes were over, and I was just like, mm. thank god. Um, and I feel like with Che, I mean, like yeah, that character. I don't, I don't know if they are if they're beyond redemption. But at least the kind of, like, I'd rather see them, like, have this kind of affair with Miranda and, like, actually have sex than, like, yeah, the kind of, like... I am queer <laughs> like, all that stuff with with that stuff actually a couple of my friends like was kept sending screenshots of Charlotte every time every reaction where like Charlotte was like looking around like at the comedy like show like wanting to die like the sort of cis straight woman and also Charlotte when like the, the really right on teachers are like gender fluid cis and Charlotte's just like what <laughs> to be honest like my, my friend keeps sending me those screenshots and we, I just keep replying like I'm Charlotte As the author of the transgender issue, I'm here to say I'm identifying with her. But like, yeah, I think I think it's hopefully it's just finding its footing. I think maybe maybe it just wanted to kind of do this like gear change where it introduced all these characters, and it 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 might be good because I am enjoying the show if it gives them a little bit more space to breathe and moves them on from like having to explain. Mm. The fact that they're there when, like, Sex and the City had no diversity in it before.
2: Wisely, I think, mm. and this does bring us to, well well done, that one angry listener who always criticises us for talking about things other than the episode. Um, we've got this really angry person who messages all the time to say, <laughs> why are you talking about your lives? Like,
0: but they listen, but they listen every week. Every... <laughs> yeah. So, thanks, again, thanks for listening. Must... Every listener
2: counts. But, um... That bring, does bring us <laughs> nicely to episode seven because we start with a very beautiful yes. time lapse. So we, we jumped on three months when Carrie was recovering from her hip operation. And now we've jumped on several months because Carrie has written a whole book um, and we are to understand it is three months Since Miranda sent Che Diaz the DM. So somehow Carrie's written a whole book in three months, which is really, really impressive. Like, that is... That is very impressive. impressive. And without the help of a voiceover. Um, (laughs) So um, she's written a whole book, and that leads us to this week's episode. So let's start with Carrie and her editor. I was, of course, disappointed that Amy Sedaris is not still Carrie's editor after 20 years. Or was it Molly Shannon? I think was it Molly Shannon and Amy Sedaris were her yeah, editors, they were, a duo. And they were amazing. Yeah. Um, however, yeah. I did notice another piece of criticism aimed at oh, I can I see that you know Sex and the City is back in its more diverse, but we still haven't got anybody above a size ten. I noted that Carrie's editor is a woman who is larger than a size ten, so that's that's something because I, I must actually, admit no- it's, it says a lot that I must admit I hadn't clocked that the cast was all very slim so that says a lot about my privilege well, so. I actually
0: um I actually noted that as well and it made me think is this the first time there's ever been someone of that size on the show as a character yes I think it might be which is yes insane. <laughs> yeah um but yeah she was great I recognized her the actor I did not um yeah, um, I think she's a comedian. Perhaps. I was, of course, triggered. Um,
2: I, I've had meetings like that with with my editors. Um, Sean, <laughs> have you have you similarly had those kind of like we're not we're not saying you should write the British equivalent of detransition baby, but if you wanted to write a detransition baby novel, that would be okay. <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> Yes, I've, I've I've very much had that meeting. And actually,
3: what was funny yesterday <laughs> is like just before I watched the episode, I was not my editor, but I was speaking to my agent about a book proposal I'm working on, and um, it is kind of a bit Carrie-esque in that it's like non-confessional non-fiction. And we were literally we had a 90-minute phone call where I was trying to explain that I didn't want to end on an optimistic note because every book about women and love and empowerment ends with like, and then I learned to love myself. <laughs> and we had this out and then suddenly I watched that episode and my agent Emma Patterson who is lovely um is a huge Sex and the City fan and just like that fan as well and so this morning I text her being like not not Carrie being told <laughs> to like, get back out there and end on an optimistic
0: note. that's that's too raw it was quite meta I thought her conversation with her editor like the editor was saying um like aren't isn't this going to leave your readers a bit isn't it all a bit bleak? And it's almost like they were, the writers were sort of wondering about the show. Oh, totally. <laughs> um,
2: and and it's, that, that I think there has been a greater awareness throughout of that. The show wants Carrie single. We like it when Carrie's dating. You know, come on, you used to be Sex and the City. Where's the sex gone? Which felt like, again, if there was a voiceover, that's what the voiceover would have been about this week, about kind of like getting the sex back into Sex and the City, kind of. Um, but she's kind of i i saw it it's i've had worse meetings with publishers carrie mm-hmm. Carrie should consider herself lucky. the cover was not good <laughs> if, um, now now is the time to go back to you know the original sex in the city covey where she's naked with just her ideas on Fifth avenue um I think they should have <laughs> what was it was what was the book called oh God, what was the book called was it called L- to love and to lose or loved and lost or something.
0: Oh, I can't remember. Loved and Lost, perhaps. Sorry, sorry, this Ye- is how... Time yeah, is. Which,
3: which I have to say, like, um, yeah, I mean, you've kind of touched on it. It was one I didn't get, like, not to do the publishing chat, but, like, had she just written that whole book, nonfiction book on spec over three months without, like, any deal, because it kind of seemed like that, mm-hmm. um, with no editing along the way. But also, I was like, what is it? How has she fleshed out a whole book on this? Like, he's only been dead three months. Because, like, yeah, to have loved and lost, it's like, what are you doing? Just talking about, like, here was our marriage... Kind of boring, um, like they were together in COVID. Remember the first episode? They were just like having the odd glass I of wine in COVID. All, the
2: list of all the records. I bet if you buy To Have Loved and Lost by Carrie Bradshaw, there is just the list of 70s vinyl that they enjoyed
0: during the lockdown. And then she's filled the back with Peloton's safety instructions. Cause the, yeah,
3: because <laughs> there, like, there is that
0: genre of like,
3: isn't it like in um, Real Housewives of New York City, was it Carol had written like a big book about about being a widow. But like, there is actually like a whole genre of that by like older women who've lost a husband early. But it's always oh, like, wow. the book is always actually about like overcoming grief and like learning to like move on with your life. <laughs> Carrie hasn't had enough time for that. So like, I'm not sure the book's very good. And I know that's an awful thing to say when someone's <laughs> written about their grief, but.
2: <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, I've, I've said elsewhere, my book, The Gender Games, I wrote it too soon into my transition. I wish I was writing it now. (laughs) I wrote I wrote a book when I was in the middle of a breakdown, essentially. And I I worry in five years' time, Carrie might look at her grief memoir and be like, Oh my god, like this was me at my most vulnerable and I put it out into the world. What a fucking stupid bitch. (laughs) That's me (laughs) speaking for myself. I was gonna say that's a projection. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I mean, good on her. You've got to keep busy, Carrie. That's clearly, she's she's sat in her window. Um, so I wonder if she's, I wonder if Seema has called off the search for a new apartment. I wonder if she's decided to stay where she is um, because she's still in her old school 90s flat. Um, I love that Seema is now part of the group. Like, Because because time has moved on, we're allowed to do that now. So it's we have um, Naya and Miranda being friends. Charlotte and LTW are definitely friends now. They play tennis together. And Seema has cocktails with them. Has she become the new Samantha?
0: I wish we could see more of her. I think it's quite clever that they rotate. They seem to be sort of rotating Anthony, Anthony and Seema. Mm. Just so it doesn't seem like they've replaced... Samantha too much. But there's always just four of them, because it was always four of them. I think they've actually done that quite well. Um, also, Seema's L'Avon, is it? L'Avon mm-hmm. handbag with the cat handle I was obsessed with. Um, but yeah, brief, brief. she was there just briefly, wasn't she? She, she set up Carrie's <laughs> dating apps.
2: I love her staging <laughs> Carrie for, for social media. That, that was great. Um, and then we yeah. go on the day. And I, again, I think... With this series, with each week, Sarah Jessica Parker said, I want to do something Carrie has never done before. And this week, it was public vomiting, which... <laughs> yeah, that was so shocking, though. The projector vomiting. I loved it. it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I quite, I quite liked that they, like, didn't show any of it. Because normally, yeah, the standard way would have been, like, okay, we're, we're going to need a few drinks. And then it would have cut to them, like... Having a really drunken conversation, but they didn't even include that. It just went straight to like Blur or Outside. Um, yeah, that was like very I quite yeah, I've quite it's like the same thing as the yeah, you're right, actually. It's like how the whole like um pissing in the Snapple bottle, like you know, it's quite like I quite like the fact that like Carrie is is doing things that she just because she's quite tightly wound and uptight for yeah. a sex columnist. That like she yeah hasn't hasn't ever done before. It it feels like the character is giving like fresh things, and it's probably more fun for Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah,
2: and she's in charge, you know. And and I think it's funny. I never really got into Divorce, um, her show that came after Sex in the City, but you could oh, see yeah. it really pushed her. You know, it was it gave her something else to do, and I think. Why? Why? And I know Cynthia Nixon has said publicly, why would you come back to this thing that you did twenty years ago if it if it was just more of the same? You know, if they all have more money than they know what to do with, you know, so it's not financial. It's it's just they they want to try new things as actors, and I think we can see that to to a degree with all of them. And I do. I think Sarah Jessica Parker has been phenomenal throughout. Any misgivings I have about, and just like that, it's certainly nothing to do with her and the dress. The outfit she wears on her date, I would, I would wear that in a second.
3: Mm. I don't you remember it. it. I didn't take that in.
2: The green, <laughs> the green one-shoulder kind of bodycon.
0: It's sort of a wrap. It looks like it's been wrapped around her, like Shakespeare and Love style. <laughs> okay. It is. on yeah, sale nice.
2: now. It's 163 pounds, so it's within within a fairly affordable price point, which is unusual. Um, a lot of the clothes this season. Again, we are in Sillyville with um, LTW playing tennis in a Fendi bucket hat? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I,
3: I want to know what um, Charlotte's kids' school fees are, that the teachers are so rich they can bid £1,000 on a date as well, at an auction. I mean, the maths teacher got that like, sort of money.
0: <laughs> and also, like, where were they playing tennis? Like, it looked like a cruise ship from, like, the 23rd century <laughs> oh, when they were leaving. Like, that mad, like, log staircase. Um, I've decided I... So, I, at the start, I said... Um, I lo- absolutely love all the new characters. I don't love Lisa Todd Wexley <gasps> anymore. Dylan, <She's... laughs> the betrayal. She's no, absolutely no bad feeling towards the actor. She's an amazing actor, I'm sure. But the character's just not interesting. Like, I, I just wasn't interested in the tennis. Like, I would rather have seen Seema and Anthony go on a night out at trade and then go to a chill out. Like, <laughs> that's what I want. Um, right. Yeah, no,
2: the, the tennis balled the shower of me. We'll come to Charlotte later on. Yeah. Um... But Sean has just raised a point, because why was Peter there? Because Charlotte didn't know who he was, so that suggests he's not one of Rock's teachers. Why was Peter
0: at the auction? Maybe he, the listings were like, maybe he knew that there was a date with Carrie being auctioned and that's why oh that's a her.
2: bit red flag <laughs>
0: yeah. i came here to buy you <laughs> run Carrie! yeah, yeah that's that, that's huge red flag that gives me <laughs> um, i like him i like him though and I, I it makes sense that she he's like her type isn't he like he's sort of like masculine and sort of Tall.
2: <laughs> I want her to fuck it's the really attack. hot <laughs> podcast producer. I'm really upset because I thought the beautiful podcast producer was gonna be Carrie's new boyfriend. Um yeah. we enjoy a beautiful podcast producer here at and just like that, slash so I got to thinking. Um and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm sad that that he has Faded. We've not been in the podcast room for a while, which we're not complaining about. Um, maybe the podcast is finished. <laughs> maybe she quit the podcast to write her book. Um <laughs> yeah. we, we can we can butt her up for the sake of Caroline and her career. Um we're gonna take a short break now and when we come back we will discuss Steve's fingering technique. See you in a sec. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. We're discussing, and just like that, episode seven, and we're joined by writer and style icon. It's Sean Fay. Um, I can't even be bothered to say any more about Carrie. She's dating again. She's got a glimmer of hope. Sean, you can just use that in your new book as well. Just be like, <laughs> yeah, suppose there was a glimmer.
0: <laughs> Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> there was a glimmer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's move on to our B-plot this week, which is Miranda, Che, poor Steve, who we haven't seen for about four weeks, um, the least their part of any love triangle there has ever been. Poor fucking Steve Brady. I am not mm. going to tolerate the assertion that he cannot finger miranda hobbs he is a sexy bartender who had hundreds of sexual partners we know this because there's an episode where they count how many sexual partners they had he's a cute bartender he has fingered thousands of new yorkers yeah. i, I yeah. will not tolerate this
3: i don't i <laughs> i don't know because i think what like i quite like about that and what that was getting at i guess is um i, I do quite like The, like, honest representation of, like, perhaps what happens when people have just been in a monogamous marriage so long is that, like, they're out of touch with sex and weirdly the person... Yeah, like, like, well, Miranda's so experiencing it is that sometimes it can be, like, harder to have sex with the person that you know the best when it becomes, you know, it's like that idea that, like... Marriage is basically become in the end becomes incest. Like was yeah, basically becomes like brother and sister with awkward attempts at incest. So I can't remember who said that. Um, and like it's kind, it's kind of, it's kind of quite kind of like grasping at something true there. Not that I know, like from all my successful long marriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Some I know. look forward to as <laughs> a, as a, as a single as the single woman here. I'm here to just like order <laughs> over Juno. <Gina. laughs> I um, I, I think like. Yeah, I think it it captured that, like, quite well. It's like, yeah, I think Steve would be good at it. Um, and, of course, in the films, which are they canon, he did have an affair himself. Um, but, yeah, that idea of, like, awkwardness and not being, like, having kind of, like, lost any kind of communication and instinct and actually being more awkward with the person that you're mm-hmm. spending your life with every day mm-hmm. than with someone brand new. I feel like that's... That's fair. I think St- it doesn't mean Steve's bad at it. I just no. think it means he probably felt too, un- too uncomfortable to do it to Miranda, which is a problem. I wonder
2: if there's an amazing twist coming where it transpires that Steve's 2008 affair was with Che Diaz.
0: <laughs> I mean... I mean, one good... Something that's great about this show is it's unpredictable... So <laughs> so you you never know I'm, um, I'm not ruling anything Since out Cynthia Nixon Again
2: clearly the request From Cynthia Nixon I want to do more I don't just want to be Having zany adventures With a horny sandwich yeah. You know I want to really go Deep into addiction Although we're not mentioning <laughs> no, I was gonna say We're not mentioning addiction. that anymore <laughs> she, she, she made a skim complete
3: addiction She made a complete recovery From alcoholism After the rock bottom Of ordering a book <laughs> 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 that that was the moment, the famous moment. I oh no, I ordered a book. It's time to get sober on Amazon <laughs> I, I noticed oh this week God. that again
2: at the auction, Carrie was pouring them sparkling water. So again, there's there's this the thinnest nod to the fact that Miranda <laughs> is still abstinent, but um clearly she wants to be pushed. You know what
0: I would have liked would have been. Would have been if when she and Che have sex that sex scene later on in the episode. I would have liked it if then if they'd been drinking together. Oh. So like her bad behavior is tied to Che, and that's sort of quite sexy as well. And it's also quite an accurate portrayal of addiction because like that's how it works. Like certain the, the people fuck can it button. It. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. I. I think. I. I like. I actually. I like the kitchen scene as well because you. You can. Oh. It does. It does ring true. This this notion for me, weirdly, it wasn't marrying Max. It was moving in with Max, and this happened a few years ago as well. When I moved in with a previous partner, which is all of a sudden you've gone from having a degree of mystery about your life to sharing your space, and they will see you when you have food poisoning, and they're gonna. And I can see after forty years, well. I guess Stephen and Randa have been together for twenty five years. How after twenty five years, you know, some of the sexiness has—it's very hard to feel sexy about. And we know she's seen his skid marks because that was in Sex in the City as well. So, you know, it's so kind horrible. of his. his <laughs> oh God. You remember we did on this podcast talk about how do we think they made the skid marks? Made the yeah. Poo, how did yeah. They make, <laughs> oh God.
3: Um, yeah. How did <laughs> they make the that's the thing is and 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 that if you if you've been yeah living with someone for twenty-five years is that like also <clears> the <throat> fact you have to like like ask to have sex. Like the no like no one's hitting on each other. Like, you know, like Che J hit hit on Miranda. Like that's something like the the awkward bit where like she was like, should we have sex and then like him giving a list of reasons why it might not be that like oh it's probably not that convenient at a time and really having to push that, like you know, I think that's probably something that quite a lot of people um, who are married of Miranda's age would probably mm. relate to. She
0: was also trying to recreate what happened with Che as well, because mm. they were in the kitchen. She likes she the kitchen. She fucking loves apparently. the kitchen. Um, what do we think of Miranda
2: and... saying that she loved Che? Because that felt very un Miranda. Uh, mm.
3: Well, <clears throat> isn't it just the idea that the sex is quite mind blowing? And I feel like, you know, like I feel like that. <laughs> There, um, there is that. I mean, I've never, I've never said it to someone I didn't actually love. Because, but I have. It has, it has crossed my mind
2: <laughs> in the past. If, yes. yeah, oh my god, hundred percent. But I'm fucking smart <laughs> enough to keep the thought in my mouth. You, you can't say every thought that comes into your head, as Samantha once told. You can't listen to every voice in your head, as Samantha once said. Um, so that felt that to me was also more shocking in some ways than the kitchen fingers and seeing Miranda tell someone that she loved them. And I do think, and I know Che has become so memed all around the world, but I do think they know what they're doing. I think Che isn't a villain because I think there's more nuance than that. But I, I think we are meant to be wary of Che by this point. And I think we are meant to understand that Che is not a healthy influence on Miranda, especially where she is with her recovery. And, and that actually, I don't know what the gender neutral equivalent of a fuck boy is, but a, suck ve- a fuck they, I, th- I think Che is meant to be a fuck they. Um, yeah. If you see that anywhere else, we invented that. We kind fuck they right here. Um, so I, th- I think, yeah, I think Che is meant to be a fuck day. And mm. um, and I think that's where probably... So we've only got three episodes left now. I'm assuming that's what we will have to tackle within the next three episodes. I think Miranda is about to realise that Che is not the yellow brick road, kind of.
3: And, and that's where, like, that's where, if you want to be a queer representation, that's where it's, like, more interesting and good. Like, it's yes. more interesting then like getting shooting like endless scenes of them like making these like awkward stand-up jokes is like you know actually like we all know that like in the queer like, it's not just cis straight men who are fuck boys or whatever like that that Ooh. can you can get that of like any gender but like That's you know it's found- actually nice to see someone be like, I love when queer people are kind of dicks well you I know? love Jules
2: in Euphoria yeah exactly Jules I really love Jules because she's kind of mess and Mm -hmm. kind of fucks Rue around because not because she's evil but because she doesn't know what she's doing and she doesn't really know who she is and especially the episode that Hunter Schaefer wrote herself I thought we saw a very different side of Jules, where it's not that she wants to hurt Rue. It's just that she literally doesn't know whether she's coming or going and in the process is really hurting Rue. But then Rue has pinned her recovery on Jules, so it's a big mess. Do watch yeah. Euphoria, another HBO show. We love HBO shows. Well,
3: yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, you know, in fairness to Che, you know, I think it, it's the same thing. Like, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm a queer trans person who, like, you know if you're that person and then like you've got the like earnest straight married person or like yeah a very stri- hetero person and you're kind of their adventure you know if you're on the other side if you're on Che's side in fairness like you aren't going to take it as seriously often because you probably have a lot of baggage about where that's going and you're like you're this person's big transformative experience but to you it's just sex like I think um yeah th- I think in fairness in fairness like it's all right for kind of Che to be a bit of a mess about that.
0: But it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Also, I'm sure people, real life people who are a bit like Che are probably dogged by that sort of thing constantly, like being people's sort of like zany experience. Um, and I thought they actually captured that quite well. With those two like, fan in, uh, women, week's... yeah. <laughs> yes, with the women in this week's episode who like came up to <laughs> Che being like, oh, we're not your usual demographic. And Che was like, yeah, uh-huh, right. And you could tell that they had just heard it all before. Mm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Um, is there anything worth saying about Charlotte and Harry's plot? Why does Harry keep talking about being Jewish? <laughs> it, have you I'm noticed that, it yeah. keeps happening? He keeps <laughs> making weird jokes about being Jewish, um, which we've known about for a really long time. So it's not like new information for the audience.
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, as I already said, like, I could have just snipped this storyline out of the episode completely but I did enjoy Charlotte saying I'm not sure if it was intentionally funny but I found it really funny when Charlotte said as Demi Lovato was <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> yeah that, that was good um
3: yeah it felt like I mean that this has always been actually it's a very much a callback to Sex and the City old school is that there are always those like every episode or well, not every episode but a lot of episodes have those like if you like C plots that are just like Mm. <laughs> yeah. Could do could do without that, um, and I guess it was good to give Charlotte some downtime from and us some downtime. Like like I say, because there's there's enough going on with Che and like like on the trans representation. And I actually have, I've actually thought the rock storyline is is done pretty well. Yeah, obviously it's like slightly saccharine and American, but like you know we're on our <laughs> we're on our knees in terms of like maybe having some wet like, mainstream representation of trans people, like trans kids being supported, especially trans masculine or gender questioning kids who are assigned female. Like that's a huge moral panic in Britain. So like the fact that it's right in the middle of sex in the city and it's actually not that big of a problem yeah. is quite is yeah. quite nice as a like earnest storyline or yeah. I'm um, grateful for it. But it's good to have a a day off from
0: it. <laughs> we've been saying um yeah, we've been saying the same about the rock storyline. And Juno, you know, I remembered that you said what would happen would they recast the actor um, (laughs) if Rock transitioned? And um, I'm watching a show at the moment called Good Girls on Netflix, and there's a child character on it whose character... Uh, has transitioned, and the actor has also transitioned, oh. which is really I cool. I mean, if you if you can um, get
2: cast that, that is amazing. It's like, yeah, Orange, I mean, is, the, Orange is the New Black managed to find a trans woman who had an identical twin brother, so everything well, is possible. Thinking, yeah. Well, it's
3: really, that's really, yeah, well, it's like uh, uh, Veneno, the Spanish series about a trans woman, they get, they just, the casting was really clever because they, like, do different periods of her life, and they have trans women of all different ages, and then there's a trans, there's a trans like a young trans protege in it who transitions like with like with Venino as her hero, but at the beginning, it's basically like it must have been like a trans woman early in transition, and they get her to mask up like she must have had to like de transition a bit and they give her like little oh, fake wow. downy hair. <laughs> and then just so that she could like But she clearly was only like a couple of years into her transition But I quite liked that Like casting a trans woman and getting her to drag up as a man
2: Well that's kind of yeah. a, in Fantastic Woman as well With Daniela Vega Was kind of very early in her transition When she filmed Fantastic Woman as well um, I think they've cut Rock's hair I, I guess it's the, it's the start isn't it But um, yeah I mean the, the Rock story is fine I, I, just, I couldn't quite work out what this tennis plotline Was meant to do for me so am I meant to feel empowered that Charlotte is standing up for her own space, a space where she doesn't need to be apologetic, where she can be skillful at something. But then also, you know, you plowed into your husband, say, sorry, like what's the, what's the deal? This feels very weird. And then it was echoed is it the, the idea that all couples bicker because LTW and um, Herbert were bickering as well, so is it the idea that I don't know I again, had we had a voiceover, we would have known what the take home was. But there isn't one. So Unless this is
3: unless this like yeah, I agree with because this like whole uh, this kind of symbiosis with them as two couples, I'm just not invested. Unless it's gonna end up in some kind of polycule gangbang situation <laughs> where they they have a dinner party that gets
0: a little bit out of hand i, I do i don't i just don't care wow i mean like i said before though i wouldn't put that past this show. <laughs> like uh, so much crazy shit has happened swinging actually I, you know.
2: swinging in the city do you know
0: <laughs>
2: now we've said it aloud
0: it shall i'm fair.
2: not i'm Oh my god! Are they foreshadowing swinging? Because we know Charlotte <laughs> like has a kinky side. She she loves tugging <laughs> on trades balls and saying yeah, how you like that fucker. So we know we know that Charlotte is a secret dom. So you know, oh,
0: and she does she does rimming as well. She does
2: rimming. She Do films when were about rimming? Yep. Oh, Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, there is all that. The only thing is, is that like because those two, like, Harry and Charlotte, at least, yeah, from season. Well, I mean, they got they got married in season six, but like in the films, et cetera, they were consistently supposed to actually have the best sex life. Yes. And they haven't really talked about their sex life at all. Like, like, assuming it's not bad, because, Mm. like, Miranda's is singled out, but, like, Mm. what, yeah, what's what's going on there?
2: Who can say? Um, I okay let's finish on my favorite bit of this episode which of course you all know which my favorite bit was which was i have a toddler i have a toddler (laughs) Uh, which is for me makes this show worthwhile like i was wondering did we need this show to come back and yeah we did because never never have i seen an irate gay guy like Billy Eichner, but not Billy Eichner. Presumably Billy Eichner was not available to play Billy Eichner in this scene. Um deranged. I loved it.
0: <laughs> but it's but and it's because it's it felt like the old sex in the city. Like the old sex in the city had those mad screaming moments a lot. And it was really nice to- I have like it to back. crush up lithium um... in
2: my ice cream. I love it! Oh, I love Oh, I love this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like that. I cut up my bedspread for this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Because it's, it's like, because those bits in, like, yeah, in the old Sex City were always the kind of New York's the other character vibe of, like, the, like, <laughs> weird aggro New Yorkers that you surround by. And I guess, like, this was quite fun because it was, like, it's a reflection of, like, the world they live in now, which is, like, they're not really in bars or whatever. They're just, like... It's angry gaze with strollers. <laughs> that's sure, that's, that's the that's the world. That's the New York being reflected back into them. But it's still the like,
2: yeah, angry. That feels vibe. like <laughs> someone's story that has happened to someone in the writer's room. Like, like you will never guess yeah. what happened to me at the weekend. And he banged on my window and started screaming, "I have a toddler," um, which I thought was was perfection. However, and I just want to send this out to to my friends. That if we're if we run into each other at a farmer's market, please don't open with "I got my period." Um, that felt like there was probably a longer conversation, but for length, it had to be cut right down so we could have twenty minutes of Charlotte playing tennis. Um, but yeah, I did. I screamed because <laughs> because again, in our world, it was only six weeks ago that Naya and Miranda were having that hideous conversation about her hair. And and now she's like, I got my period and you're like, oh. oh, that's nice.
3: Yeah, that's the that's the only yeah, I mean there's a there's a slight issue there, like, you know, she is Miranda's teacher. I'm not sure that she'd be so up for being quite so chummy with a student. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know whether or not that like they could have rethought, but I mean it's done now. You they can't like unmake it. her a teacher.
2: <laughs> I think they should have made Miranda a teacher. Why you know so much time has passed since Sex and City two, where we saw Miranda move to her new, lovely inclusive law firm that she has now quit. Um, she could have been lecturing. They could have been colleagues. Yeah, um, she could been a professor. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I saw her. Um, I noticed that her tote bag said. American Civil Liberties Union on it. Um, her farmers market tote bag, which is apparently a non-profit organization founded to defend and preserve individual rights and liberties.
2: Can we
3: talk about? So can we? Go. Have you talked at all about um the books? You know that there have been all these like, stagings of like what the books carries carries really. So, do transition baby, transition baby, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, and my fr- uh, like uh Jamie Hood, who's a who's a trans woman who writes in New York. I interviewed her for Vice last year she wrote a book about like sex and the pandemic and stuff like that and i saw that was in it as well like yeah whoever is decided i think this must be sarah jessica parker herself because Hmm. she does promote books quite heavily on instagram
2: group yeah
3: yeah but i love this like
0: yeah yet more wokery Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the shelves (laughs) It's an imp- it's an improvement on Martin Amos, which is what she was reading in the nineties um, in the original yeah. show. But
2: I can I do you know, <laughs> I can see it. I can see you know I can see her having a copy of um, the transgender issue in season two. <laughs> I th- I think at this stage there will yeah. be a season two. By the way, I think I think it wasn't announced because of the Chris Nerth stuff.
0: But I'm I
2: done again. There have been some mixed reviews, but everybody's talking about it, and and I think
0: I was um. I was curious, so I looked it up and it's... At the time that I looked it up anyway, it was HBO's most watched yeah. show, HBO Max. Yeah,
3: I, so. I, I think it deserves it. I don't think... You know, there's, there's, oh, it's bad. And then there's, oh, well, this is clunky and excruciating. But like now these characters do have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I do think like the characters... I am invested enough in the characters. It is a 30-minute sitcom, as Gina said. So like, you know, I... I, I I, I do care. And, and compared to Sex and the City too, mm-hmm. dare I mention it, like, it doesn't feel like this, like, oh, why did you do this? Like, it's, you're, you're, like, this, which I was so worried about, was, like, who cares about these women now? Like, it was about women in their 30s. Like, so I'm invested in them being, you know, yes. women well, of I the d- age I do they care. are. I do care.
2: I think there, there was that one episode <laughs> where I was losing the will to live. But, um but beyond beyond that now I think I, I really care and I ha- I hope it does get a second season and you know we'd be back here still talking about it so I think I think it's done enough I think it's done enough to earn its second season unless this was always a master plan unless Sarah Jessica Parker was like one more year but I don't I don't quite see that happening and This feels like a good place to end on. We know John Corbett filmed. That's all I'm saying. We know Aiden. We know Aiden's in the pipeline somewhere. So let's see where that one's going. Although for me, that's a bit like, you know, Mm. when she said uh, regarding David Duchovny, can you imagine if I married my high school boyfriend? Like, what was I doing? If she ends up marrying Aiden Shaw, what were you doing? (laughs) You you had him twenty years ago, kind of, but we'll see. I look I look forward to seeing what happens next. Um, I
3: liked the I liked the in joke of Natasha Najinsky though. That was yes. a good callback. That was fun. <laughs> yes, I like when it's playful too. <laughs> very.
2: Um, Sean, you are presently on a bit of a social media break. But where can we find you online?
3: Yeah, I mean Instagram is the only one I'm doing these days. Senseable. And like Carrie, I'm trying to only update it. Like I'm going to leave it um for like three weeks a <laughs> time before i check it but yeah i am instagram sean Fay uh on instagram i will come up there and nowhere else to be found i'm becoming an enigmatic recluse
2: oh i like it like donna <laughs> it's very glam um and if again if you've not as yet got a copy of the transgender issue please do um it is it's a really definitive text and i remember when i read it for the first time i was like thank I never have to write this book because <laughs> Sean has done it and it's it's a perfect book um, thank you very very much for coming on um, Dylan and I will see you next week for Just Like That episode 8 until then have a nice week Bye.